This podcast is part of the Podbelly Network. Please visit podbelly.com to see a complete listing of all of our other shows. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mix in just a little bit of Twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the Paranormal Encounters. Well, four? Four. This episode, we're going to have uh, Brendan on a little bit later. Yeah, yay. You guys know Brendan, Brendan Shea from uh, him and Annie Weaves from uh, the Serial Spirits podcast. And uh, he had some really cool. Uh, encounters to talk to us about perfect so all right let's start with with my first encounter tonight obviously not mine but the story Mm -hmm. that i'm reading it said it's called i shall always be with you when i was four years old my parents were too ill to take care of me and my sisters sharon and millie and my brothers tommy and billy we were placed in an orphanage children were grouped by their age which set me away from my siblings I was heartbroken. We had never been separated before. I did not adapt to life in an orphanage. Every time I would join my sisters and brothers, I would be plucked away and set with other four-year-olds. At night, we would be sent to our dormitories. Each child had their own bed. It was foreign to me. I always slept in the same bed with my sisters. Sharon would sneak into my dorm room every night. She would slip into my bed, where she held me in her arms and she sang me to sleep. Aww. She was taking a big risk as she would be severely reprimanded for her actions. I was adopted by the Hopper family and when I was five years old. I was never allowed to talk about my brothers or sisters. It would be 20 years before I would be reunited with my birth family. In 1975, I moved to San Jose, California, where Silicon Valley was just starting to take off and jobs were plentiful. One night, I was restless. I couldn't sleep. A small man in a dark suit was standing in the doorway of my bedroom. It did not frighten me as I had always had that sixth sense. Years later, I learned that my brother Billy had died in his sleep on January 5th, 1975. His adopted parents sent me photos. One photo of Billy dressed in a dark suit matched the man I had seen in my doorway in 1975. If I had found my family three weeks earlier, I could have seen my sister Sharon. She had suffered through cancer and crossed over before I could see her again. It was like losing my brother and sister all over again. When I married, my husband told me I would cry in my sleep. Don't leave me. Please don't leave me. I know that's related to my memories of my sister Sharon. One night, I was unable to sleep and sat in the living room alone in the dark. Suddenly, a sphere of what looked like snow was, was whirling all around me. It looked like, a, looked like the crystal balls you turn upside down, and it's snowing when you turn them back up and down. Those are snow globes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that. It's not a crystal ball. <laughs> 
I held up my arms, and the snow circled around and around before starting to leave. I was not aware that I had started to say, Don't leave me. Please don't leave me. I knew it once. It was my sister Sharon. I clearly heard her voice softly whisper, I have never left you, for I am always with you. You are but a whisper away. The snow ascended to the ceiling and was gone. I felt instant peace. Sharon visits me from time to time, bringing her beautiful snowfall. Billy has only returned a couple of times, though I miss them dearly. It's comforting to know that Billy and Sharon are always with me. And that's from Victoria in Indianapolis, Indiana. Man, what a nice story, but gosh, what a... It's heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. I wonder why her, her parents were sick like that. I wonder what was wrong with them. I don't know. They Obviously, it was probably more financial than anything. Aww. That's what a lot of these cases were. And it's just a shame they all couldn't reconnect and see each other. Dang it. Well, that was a good story and a bad story all at once. What story do you have for us before we uh, listen to Brenda Shea? Well, mine is called Vanishing Truck. All right, sounds good. Interesting. In 1972, when I was about 18, a very strange and unexplainable thing happened to me. I was returning home one night after work around 11 o'clock when I happened upon an old truck on the side of the road. The truck was stopped and was running. This was an old country road that had no street lights and was very desolate. The truck looked exactly like the one of my next-door neighbor, an old faded red truck with wooden slats in the back. My neighbor was an elderly gentleman, and the first thought that occurred to me was that he had had a heart attack or was sick in some way. I pulled up in front of the truck, maybe 10 or 15 feet away, to see if I could help him. I got out of the car, and as, as I was walking around the front of the truck, it vanished. I was stunned for a moment. Then I walked up to where it had been parked. There was a ring of fire on the ground about three feet in diameter. Damn. I stood there until the fire went out. Then I got back in my car and tried to find the truck, but it Wait. was nowhere to be seen. Wait a minute. Are you telling me he, he was standing in a burning ring of fire? Uh, 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 <laughs> burning ring of fire. Yes, that's what I just said. <laughs> so... He, like I said, he had gotten into his car to try to find the truck, but it was nowhere to be seen. The next day, I went back to the spot. On the ground was a black ring of a charcoal-like substance where the fire had been. The only explanation I have is that it was a UFO in disguise. By the way, my neighbor was fine, and I did not share the incident with him. I will never forget that night. And that is from Marsha from Goodlesville, Tennessee. So... And Goodlettsville is right outside of Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm to believe that UFOs, with all their technology, used a Fran- Fred Sanford truck. Hey, there were good trucks back in the day. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It sounds like a Fred Sanford truck. <laughs> well, so. I'm glad that his friend was okay. Now, that was a cool story also. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into uh, Brendan's story. Hey, guys. I think you're going to like this story because uh, Brendan Shea is on with us, and every story he's ever told me has always been awesome. Uh, you've heard Brendan on the show before him and Annie Weebs, Annie Weeble from uh, Serial Spirits Podcast. They did a little something for our Halloween episode, 
And uh, like I said, we've got a chance to hang out with them at the Mothman Festival. Fantastic group of people. And uh, you, you get to see Annie if you came to the uh, show that we did in Point Pleasant. And they'll be part of next year's Point Pleasant show. I guess that's a long enough introduction. How about that, Brendan? That was perfect. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. <laughs> and and Brendan is a new daddy. Yep, new daddy. We had a we had little Rory May. She came. She came a little bit early, but we were happy. It was a perfect Christmas present. She was supposed to be born on January sixth, but she came the twenty first of December. So a little early, but we're we're super stoked. As long as it didn't mess up like travel plans and stuff. <laughs> yeah. So Brendan, you're you're telling me a story tonight about a cabin in the woods. That right there is enough where that's just a a perfect intro to half the horror movies out there and you know, I can't think of cabins in the woods without thinking about like the evil dead and and stuff like that. Uh I'm assuming you didn't saw anything off of a chainsaw or anything though. No, 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 I didn't do that, but <laughs> Well, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and let you tell your story, brother. Well, with all the high strangeness that is in the the air, I would say, in the paranormal field right now, uh, this story really came back into uh, my forethought because, you know, it was something that I'd never experienced before. I've been, you know, actively investigating the paranormal field for over a decade now. And I've been to a lot of places and I've experienced a lot of different things, felt a lot of different, would you say, energies or residual things that are around. But this time it was a little different. Uh, me and a couple of my friends and uh, Annie Weebs, we decided one weekend we're you know we're having all this drama stuff happen, and so we we're like you know what? we're just gonna we're gonna take a break. We're gonna you know get get out in nature and just go ahead and and uh, get away for a while. So um, we decided to travel to this cabin in the middle of nowhere in the state forest called Cabway Lingo State Forest. It's in the southern part of West Virginia. And it's weird that it, it's down this route that people have talked about being haunted or whatever and having all this weird stuff happen. But we were headed down to this, this cabin. It's in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, the middle of nowhere, you get out there, it's all hills. And if anybody's ever been to West Virginia, you know, you know, there's hills and hollers everywhere. And, and so we had our, our, our guide, Annie, cause she's from the area and uh, her family actually, you know, is, or originated in that area. So she had looked into it and found that her great-grandfather had worked in this state forest as a park ranger and possibly could have had his hands in building this cabin that we were staying in because these were older cabins. So she had done her research and found this cabin, Cabin 13 it was called, and it was supposedly haunted, rumored to be haunted. So we are like, perfect. That's perfect for four ghost hunters looking to get away. We might as well spend the time in a haunted cabin, right? You know? So we get down there and we see this place and you drive down the road. It's, you know, it's a highway, but it comes around this bend and there up on the hill covered in all this thick foliage is this cabin hidden in the woods. And we go up this driveway and it's almost like the cabin that time forgot. It's back, you know, further into the woods. You get up, you know, I think the driveway was probably 200 feet long, but you get up there and, the crest of the hill, and there's this beautiful old cabin sitting in the woods. So we're in the middle of nowhere at this cabin in the woods, and we decide that night, you know, we're gonna we're trying to do like a web series kind of thing, and we're gonna do a little project to document our night there. 
So we started out by doing a little bit of, uh, sometimes we do energy work and it's like, you know, just kind of grounding ourselves, but letting, you know, these energies open themselves up to us and and let them know we're here for, for reasons to communicate and we want to talk to you. We're not meaning any harm. So that was done. And this is a tiny one room cabin. It's got a kitchen, a bedroom and a little tiny living room. I mean, it's, it's really small. So really, there was only room for one person to be in there at a time. So what we had done was we took cameras, set them up in the house. We had one handy cam, which I was holding, facing myself. And then we set a TV up outside in the driveway in the back of the SUV that we came in. And I'm holding the camera. The camera's, you know, obviously attached to the TV. So I start investigating in there by myself. And at first, nothing was happening. It felt really weird inside the cabin, but nothing was happening. And as the investigation intensified, I mean, I was in there for maybe a half hour. And it took about 15, 20 minutes for stuff to really start ramping up. And I started hearing knocks and bangs. And uh, one of the girls who was with us, it's important to point out that she was a little psychic. So she's picking up these different things and... I'm saying them as she's picking up on them, and she's talking, you know, it's documented on another camera, them outside. She's talking and saying these things that I'm saying right before I say them or asking these questions. And basically what happened was I was picking up on something, I don't want to say elemental, but something Native American. And it really started to process in my brain that that's what it was because – of the energy that I felt. And like I said, I've been doing this a long time and I've never felt energy like this. Like it was strong, but it was like, it wasn't like synthetic. It was almost like ancient. Like you could feel how old the energy was. And it's hard to describe unless you're feeling it, but it was almost very, very old. And as I'm standing here, I'm looking into this dark bedroom and I see what looks like a man. I see shoulders but what looks like there's a bear like hat on this guy, almost like a, a bear skin over top of him and just the head of a bear. And it reminded me of like seeing Native Americans, how they used to wear the bear skins or the outfits when they did tribal rituals. And you could almost have like, you know, they had the skull still with the fur on it and it you could tell it was a bear. Oh, and yeah, it was I know what weird. you're talking about, yeah. So as this is happening, one of the girls outside is saying, you know, I keep seeing like a coyote or a wolf or something transforming into a man. And they relay this to me just as I'm seeing this this thing in the doorway. And I'm like, holy crap, is this like some kind of skinwalker? You know what I mean? Like a, a, some kind of ancient person tra- that can transform into, you know, a wolf or a bear or something. And when I went later and did research, I found that, you know, that was sometimes the protective spirit of the land. So just entrancing weird energy in this room and just starts to culminate. And I just get to the point where I'm like almost petrified, but I want to stay and I want to communicate. And the language that it was portraying was like, it could understand me, but it was trying to, you know, use symbolism to describe itself or describe what it wanted. So after about maybe a half hour, 40 minutes, you could feel the energy just kind of like, just get sucked out of the room. It was very strange, very weird. Never felt anything like that. And that's the main thing here. Like, it was just nuts. So, you know, the night kind of ends with with us walking around the area. We're sprinkling sage and tobacco as a sign of, you know, we're here in peace. We're here, you know, we want to help protect and preserve this land as well. 
you know, whatever you're doing here, please stay around. Please protect, you know, the land like you've been doing for hundreds or thousands of years, however long it's been here. And so I wake up maybe three o'clock in the morning. Maybe it was a little later because it was almost like twilight. You could almost see the dawn. And I hear like somebody drumming and chanting. And I'm like, I'm crazy. I, I, I can't even imagine that I'm, this is happening right now. <laughs> well, I was in the room with Annie. And I woke her up and I was like, do you hear that? And it, it would sound like someone periodically would like bang on the drum. Like one person right outside the back of the cabin. And you could faintly hear like somebody going, hey, 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 like chanting. And she woke up and she's like, holy crap, I hear it too. And then it just ceased. And that was that. And I have never felt anything like that before and have never experienced anything like that since at this point. And I just found it an odd thing because like just this whole, you know, I've said it hundreds of times to people when they talk about West Virginia or Kentucky, you know, there's all this lore and mist of all like things that happen in the hills and people say there's magic in the hills. And I 100% agree with that. There's some ancient force that's been here for thousands of years and I think sometimes if the conditions are right, you can tap into that force or communicate with it. And I think it's protecting the land. I mean, I 100% do. Well, that's an amazing story. And, and I always love all the Native American tales, especially when you start talking about like skinwalker type situations. And <clears throat> you hear it so many times where you'll hear the drums or the, um, I guess, the, the chanting out in the woods. And I always think that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it, the area just itself. I mean, you can tell the area is old, and you can tell that it's been unchanged for so long that, I mean, who knows what's there? There's got to be something there. So, Well, that's pretty awesome, and, and like I said, I appreciate you coming on. I know we, we set this up a little earlier in the week, and you guys have always been gracious to come on whenever we needed something, and, you know, the Serial Spirits podcast is phenomenal, and uh, I, I just think a lot of people have started listening uh, that heard you on here already. But if you haven't, you need to check them out. Brendan and Annie do a fantastic job. Then, you know, husband and wife duo, more or less. And they have uh, the same kind of chemistry that Tracy and I do. Similar styles of just laughing and joking, but getting to the point. So if you haven't listened yet, give them a listen. Well, thank you for having me on again. And it's always a pleasure. And we look forward to working with you guys again in the near future. And like I say in our podcast, everybody, be aware and be safe. All right. Thanks, Brendan. Thank you. To see, doesn't that sound like those movies, like I said, like a cabin in the woods? or Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like it's, if you go to a cabin and it's isolated, you almost have to expect something eerie to happen. It's just I will never do that. Like that. Uh, Ever. What about like in Gatlinburg? Well, I don't, that's not, that's different. <laughs> Well, I mean, just because there's other cabins surrounding you yeah, and that's you're true. not in the middle of absolutely nowhere, I don't think I could ever do it. I would not be comfortable. So, anyway, these episodes are fairly short, and I hope you guys are liking them. Yeah, we hope so. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, guys.